1874, the British government passed a series of laws called the Regulation of Public Worship. A lot of people cared an awful lot about church back then. True. On one side, people wanted more ritual and ceremony. Order. Order. On the other side, they wanted mostly none. Yeah. In the midst of the battle, one minister, a rector in London at a church called St. George in the East, had stopped a practice Whoa. whereby people who volunteered in church services could avail themselves of liquor from the rector's cupboard before and after the service. The Reverend King closed the cupboard. We have opened it again. Welcome to the rector's cupboard. Order. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, every other kind of greeting for this time of year. Uh, welcome to the Christmas episode of Rector's Cupboard. We are here, hosts only, as per normal for a Christmas episode. Uh, Allison Williams is here. Hello. Hello, Allison. Hello, Top Todd. of the season to you. And, and to you as well. And, and uh, also with you. And also with you. <laughs> Amanda Mina is here. Greetings. With a special guest under the table. <laughs> yeah, so, a small four-legged guest. Our under-the-table guest, Luna, the Christmas dog. She's a Christmas so dog. If you feel For your this pants episode. getting bitten, Ken, that is not me, most likely. Or Excellent. your toes most being nibbled. Um, and also our cupboard master, Ken Bell. Hello, Hello. Ken. We just had a listener uh, message just just recently, like very recently. It's like providential. Oh, very excited. They didn't know we were recording right now, and they sent a message saying. What is Ken Bell, the cupboard master? I think it's a great question. <laughs> it's what very is Ken Bell? What is Ken Bell? Yes. Yeah, yeah. What what is Ken Bell? Because there's a few ways to answer that. <laughs> I, I'd like to. I'll give you a shot at answering it first. Before you could just I say, say what anything. is Ken Bell? I could, but I'd, I'd rather hear is, your answer. What is Ken Bell, the cupboard master? Like the role of the cupboard master. Mm-hmm. What is the cupboard master? So, what do you do for us, Ken? Well, I try to mix cocktails. What's talk the cupboard about exactly? The the cupboard is where we are. We going to go into the whole story? No, of the cupboard? no, no. no, no. The, uh, it's an old churchy story. It's an old church story. About we did a whole episode rector. about it. Yeah, somebody go back locked, and find somebody it. We'll locked link it. a cabinet that the church used to bless those who helped out on Sunday mornings, right. and so we took it from that to have some tasty concoctions to enjoy part of some education for our listening yeah, audience we'll go down to a local lots of distillery yeah. or brewery or something and you would prepare that and you so we call you our cupboard master yeah the master of the cupboard and and of course in the early days we would often record on site too yeah like on those places yeah on location so anyway so that's that's my role and to uh yeah bring I those mean, things I mean, together you are a lot more than yes. just that cupboard master is one of your roles but it's it's my I mean, favorite. You have a I lot of roles just on this podcast. I actually got alone. greeted in the hospital this week. Uh, two people were talking, and they said, "Hey, it's Ken, the cupboard master." What? That's fantastic! Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I mean, and, and one Ken, of the people said, "What?" Yes. And and she said, "From the podcast, he's he's the cupboard master." And I, and wow. oh, you're the cupboard wow. master! Fantastic! Word is spreading. Yeah, real I mean, I have actually heard from people when we don't have tastings. I know they've brought it up and okay. said, "Well, okay. some people say, well, we like it better without the tastings." Yeah, which is like, well, then just fast forward. Right, that's true. It's not. And a we huge don't do part. them all the time. Anyway. Or you don't, we don't do them all the time. Yeah. And then some people say, why aren't you doing the tastings anymore? And it's like, oh, well, I don't know why. But we are today. We are today. We wouldn't have a Christmas episode without a tasting. We've had a few curveballs thrown our way in the last few weeks. Um, and so we're recording this a little later than we normally would. What's the date today? December 19th? 
18th? 19th. I believe the 19th. It's the 19th. Sorry, so we, we have some puppy-related noises. There's a there's a <laughs> Christmas dog under the table, so if you hear clanging and banging and barping, barping? Is barping a thing? No. Okay. Uh, yes, definitely. Actually, if you have for a, a dog, Labrador, it is. Yeah. yeah, that's real. I've never <laughs> said that word She's before. only a 12-week-old puppy. She's uh, just a yeah, baby. She, she wreaks a lot of havoc. She does yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we wouldn't be without a tasting on Christmas episode occasion and yeah. this so one looks Ken, really lovely our cupboard master you have it looks prepared good, something it smells good it looks too. festive it has some well you tell so us so i decided to go back to sort of a classic cocktail it's called a blueberry tea so blueberry, tell us what blueberry tea is. blueberry tea is a mixture of I'm amaretto and mm. then an orange liqueur it can be uh grand marnier in this case i'm using triple sec from copper Ooh. penny and amaretto Ooh. from is it sons sons of vancouver sons of vancouver Ooh. amaretto oh, always a good pick uh, such with a good pick some orange uh sliced up and floated in and then hot tea hot orange hot pico water. tea oh tea there is tea mm. in it That's yeah right. it's orange pico tea I think one of the things top. we should point out as well as our cupboard master is that you often try very hard to go with local. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I so try to go with local. So a lot of oh, the things that we taste, so we get good. close to home and it's made close so to it's home. So it's very warm. You smell that, Amanda. Yeah, it's Ooh. warm. It I'm going to have to get me. Your, and mm. you're supposed to serve That's it in lovely. sort of brandy glasses, something with a big, wide, well, so open mouth so you can aroma. get the nose mm. in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... Happy Christmas to everyone. Happy Christmas. Enjoy your blueberry tea. There you go. And let's talk about Awesome Christmas. Yeah, (laughs) we've done various episodes before, Christmas episodes on old Christmas shows. And by the way, I saw one the Mm, other night, Rudolph and Frosty something. Yeah, yeah. Rankin Bass ones. Terrifying. It was like... It was root. It Did was on like channel six hundred and something. No, it wasn't one of the normal ones. It was like you know, like a one they did years after the. Can I ask which it, ones are the normal ones? Yeah, I know. But I don't know that. You know are. what I mean? Oh man, this was Rudolph and Frosty together, and the, and there was some scene where Rudolph was performing somewhere, but his nose wasn't lighting up properly, and the crowd was just like mercilessly mocking him, just like you're a loser, you, you know, and, and you're just like, what did? kids used to watch oh that is like one of the normal ones that's a popular one yeah 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 yeah. really yeah oh, yeah yeah oh, i found it really i watched hard. that a lot welcome, as a kid so welcome we've talked about those before we've talked about hallmark movies and how they're yeah. form of kind of yeah troubling stuff <laughs> um and so this year we thought we would talk about we've done this a little bit in the past we've we've alluded to these but there's an article from the guardian um, in early December, or a couple of weeks ago, we can put a link in the mm-hmm, episode notes. Definitely, um, they have a regular column called "Shock of the Old." So if you look it up, you know this one was on Christmas and winter traditions. But if you look in the archive, you can see oh, "Shock of the Old." There's an article on contraception through the years, or there's, a, and it usually is like, "What the hell did people used to do?" <laughs> This is crazy. And so the Christmas one, which they did point out, it's not just Christmas, it's kind of winter as well. Well, because you get a lot of winter solstice stuff. That's not a Christmas thing, not so whatever. It's like, yeah, they they said that. Um, And so, and they do it a little bit tongue-in-cheek. It's a little bit humorous, but look up the article. So we're going to talk about some of those old, interesting, terrible, at -hmm. times horrifying Christmas traditions. And then we're going to make a theological point because it is right. Well, and I, I brought one less terrifying alternative. Yeah. Just to, to give a little bit of a glimmer of hope Yeah, that's more of a thing about a thing instead of like a Christmas character visiting. No, but it... No, it's good. No, I'm, it, I'm not saying it's it, bad. Yes. It's, it's a nice variation. Uh, the article starts out by saying, tis the season of ineffable terror. <laughs> 
um, because they line. point out that a lot of these Christian Christmas traditions, and a lot of them were Christian or pre-Christian or outside the church or whatever, um, a lot of them were focused on scaring children. And they still are. And threatening children. So, um, and who doesn't like to scare children? Let's just put that out there. Yeah, you better uh, watch out. I would like to be on mic saying no. You better, <laughs> you'd better watch out. Allison yeah. is on record. I am anti-scaring children. Mm, you most don't of the sneak time. around the house and all of a sudden go boo just to see what no, the reaction I, is. I, oh, that sounds like a terrible what? idea. Do you do that to your children? They're growing up now. My daughter had hiccups once that she couldn't cure, and so she wanted me to scare her. And, and I did, and then she just wept for like 15 minutes, and I felt really bad, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. Okay. One of my children has a fear of heights, so I take advantage of that and the staircase. Take advantage. I'm a little concerned. Well, wait till you hear these stories. Yeah. No, yeah this is, if you I guys feel, think Ken I feel is redeemed bad. By, by... Ken is like small potatoes compared to, quote, Thank watch you. out for the witch with a large and misshapen goose foot. She'll <laughs> slit your belly open and stuff it with straw. I, I assume, that does sound worse than Ken. I assume if you're bad is <laughs> kind of the... Let's hope. Right? That's what's implied. Yeah. Like if you're good, this is probably not going to happen to you, which is always a bit interesting because if you're good, you're probably worried about not being good. Yes. It still it still is terrifying. This is generally how that works. Yeah. Because kids are worried that Yeah, the ones you don't have to worry enough. about. The bad kids aren't that worried about being bad, I wouldn't think. I think statistically less. Less so. Yeah. Maybe not exclusively, but I would... I would think less. So the article centers around or uses a bit of an anchor. This character Krampus or yeah, Krampus, Krampus, Krampus. Oh, terrifying! Can you knew about about this bit about this uh, particular joyful uh, ha- half goat? Yeah, part goat, part demon. Yeah. Uh, it's so the goat part is like the nice part. The goat part's the nice part. The demon part, as opposed less to the demon. So. Yeah. yeah, typically, it's if you had all, to pick between those two, it's all black. He's got long claws. He's Crazy got a ridiculously tongue. long tongue. Well, there's um, different depictions, right? Yeah, but most of them do have him there's being always a black tongue. with horns and and a tongue. Yeah, yeah. Very the demonic. tongue is yeah. doing yeah. something. Um, one of the images in this in this uh, article uh, concerns me. It's it's. Krampus is going after a little boy who looks absolutely terrified, dressed in his sailor blues. Uh, and what I'm guessing is his little sister is sitting on the ground with a bowl of fruit, seemingly unconcerned about the torture that's mm-hmm. about to take well, because place she's to good. her. She didn't get... Well, she's oh, she's a basket of oh, the girl yeah. is good. Don't you remember in Christian theology, it used to be sold as a virtue, like something you would look forward to. That you would get to watch, watch the torture of the damned. So oh. it's just a version of that. Okay, right? so she's watching the torture. Although of the she damned. looks very dull, like, like D O L L. Like maybe, it, maybe it's not a real person. No, I think it's. No, I think, I think it's it is. Real. I think that's the art of the time. Anyways, but the idea yeah. of it is this. This again, it's this idea of sort of threatening children into yeah, acceptable it, it behavior. Punish naughty children. Punish naughty. Children. Punish even to the point of disemboweling them or killing them or taking them from their parents yes there's a there's one image that's in there of krampus on like almost like a broomstick or something it yes like, looks like children. Santa Claus, um except in this case santa claus would be at the front with a reindeer following behind who are all kids and they're i guess going back up to wherever krampus is which or back down mm-hmm. yeah so krampus is kind of a, a central figure i was interested too they talked about how in and around serbia 
For a time, the 12 days of Christmas were considered, quote, unbaptized time, unbaptized time where that was when the demonic forces were oh, at yeah, the strongest. They, yeah, they could like come up and have like extra yeah. power. Which is interesting today, I guess, like the 12 days around or before Christmas. Maybe before, in which this is case. just gifts now. I mean, if you like work in retail, yeah. you definitely have seen the demonic yeah, around it's Christmas. <laughs> it's unbaptized time. It's no un- kidding. Yes, we can. We can tell yeah, our my fiance Gavin has yeah, some Gavin, opinions about you can tell that. Gavin that. <laughs> yeah. So, Allison, tell us about your um, oh thing. Yes, not I, quite as terrifying, no, but a bit definitely, but not. definitely weird. Yes, weird. Yes, terrifying. Definitely not. No, so well, a little, a little bit. No, that's not fair. Someone the. No, just As no. you read through, something does get punished. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay, tell us. Okay. Um, so I came across this this Christmas tradition from Catalonia. I think some other countries as well, but mainly Catalonia, called Tio de Nadal, which literally translates to Christmas log. Um, so far, so good. You, you just wait. Uh, so traditionally what you do is you take a hollow log and you bring it into your home around the feast of the immaculate conception. So December 8th, this is all (laughs) disclaimer. This is coming from Wikipedia. So it's not like a scholarly article. Um, and so the kids every night feed the, um, feed the Christmas log. Like little bits, like some fruit and vegetables okay. and stuff, and then you put a blanket over it to keep it warm, and so it's like an offering. Well, it's like you're preparing. It's a warm food log. Yeah, warm food log, um, and then on Christmas Day, uh, typically, sometimes Christmas Eve, um, you you put the tio uh, partly into the fireplace and you order it to defecate out treats for you. So huh. you have prepared it for weeks. The treat shitter. Yes. They're, From they're, the fireplace. Yes. Is it? And generally what happens is... So it burns is, and poops. <laughs> so it's... Just want to be clear. Whatever you've given it, it's giving you back kind of is the um, idea? No, not necessarily. The treats could be something You magical. just kind of have to like care for it. Um, and then generally what happens is the kids go into a different room and the parents put like little like treats, nuts and candies and stuff under the blanket. And then the kids come back in and they beat it with a stick and sing songs to it that, I mean, apologies for any uh, listeners who don't like the language. I'm li- reading the literal translation where they sing. Warning here, language warning. Yes. Uh, saying, shit, Tio, hazelnuts and nougats. Do not shit herrings. They are too salty. They uh, shit nougats. They taste better. Shit, Tio, almonds and nougats. And if you don't want to shit, I will hit you with a stick. Shit, Tio. And it's a nice Christmas song. Wow. Happy solstice. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so you get candies and there's like a Christmas log that you care for for Will like you be doing three that weeks. This year? No. <laughs> no. Elf on now. the shelf doesn't I, feel quite as weird anymore. I think Josh would love that. I, I think he would love to hit something with a stick and, and then, then have it have candies. Have it poop. Yeah. And, yeah. and Izzy would, would love to. to I think I'm going <laughs> to. We used to have a reindeer that. that, that Poop. Yeah, that was big for a while, like jelly yeah. bean poop. Oh, yeah, yeah, the jelly bean poop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Amanda, you have one or no? Well, y- you talked a little bit about the one that disembowels children. That's so the witch. What's yeah. her name? 
Perucha, Peruca. Yeah, Peruca yeah. or whatever. There's a Peruti. video connected to this. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's terrifying, and we should put a picture of it up on our episode yeah. notes. No, it's people need to see it. It's terrifying, but it's also like but kind in of a comical way because yeah, it's, it's so like, old looking. That's a person with a sheet on their head and a yeah fake horse head. Yeah. But interestingly, even when you look at Wikipedia and other places where you kind of like flip through, you know, you go down to the Google trap, <laughs> it's always represented as a woman. Um, this is this one is of the gendered. few women. Yeah, which I thought was interesting because normally mm-hmm. in any kind of winter, Christmas, whatever tradition, it's some kind of male figure. Yeah. Well, it's um, nice demonic. to see that they're getting it's equal, equal representation. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. feminism. This is, later. Uh, this is like 1900s. Yeah. what I saw. Okay. Yeah. Perucci. Perucci oh, was, no, she said, was ahead of her time. Oh, no. But there was a version of it in the 14th century. Okay. So she really was ahead of her time. So then she we just have been around for a long time, Todd. Yeah, that's true. But one of the other things that gave that's me a little true. bit of joy in the article was talking about um, mummering. Because we talked we about it last about, year. Yes. It, was, it was a tradition that I stumbled across last year. Um, and it just... I, I enjoy it so much. So you basically get dressed up in the things around your house, like tablecloths and doilies and linens, and you go to people's houses and sing for them at, um, and hope that you get things in return. But way back when, when they did it in Scotland and Ireland and stuff, it actually became quite violent. Like people yes. would take to the streets and they, they would parade for a while, and they would they? beat each other um, while demanding things. Well, like you said there's a variation in. of that with um, caroling where they smash in the door. Yeah, yeah. and demand it food was, and drink. It was yeah. very that violent. Bring us a piggy Bring us a piggy That could be where that came from. That could be where that song came from. Yeah, take that jolly tone out of it, and it's actually quite menacing. So in Labrador, Newfoundland, it was outlawed until 1990. And now they, they repealed the law in 1990, and now they do it again because it's a fun thing, and they parade Probably until it gets violent. out of hand again. Because nobody has died in decades. So, I, um, but someone actually in Newfoundland died from a beating um, a long time ago because I don't think he was willing to give them his alcohol. Hmm. Well, well it, no, I'm not going to say it. No, but no. I can see how that I can see I can see out. that unfolding. The the other tradition I I did appreciate in that is that. Um, St. Nicholas didn't just leave coal for bad children, but would leave sticks for the parents to beat their children yeah, with. Just he provided the weaponry. He oh, provided I didn't know the that. weaponry, yeah. Now, there were a lot of beating of a lot of children. Yeah, when it, did, when it comes well, to coal... Well, if you're mummering, it's just beating anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Equal violence. opportunity. For yeah. full confession, we have given coal. I think many most parents have. No. We've no. given... <laughs> Just, no. just of the other two parents in the room. Stocking. Can I say, as a person who had parents or has parents, well, I did not receive coal. We've given a stocking full of coal to our children. I've, and in I fact, know. one of our children this year has declared that they no longer believe in Santa. And so they will just be. Just now? Yeah. <laughs> she's 20. <laughs> wow. Actually, she's unwilling to commit, which is close enough to saying no. So she will be uh, receiving a, a stocking full of coal from this who? year. Uh, well, from Santa, of course. As a non-believer. Uh, as, a as a non-believer. non-believer. Wow. There's a lot oh of goodness. that, though, right? Like, this is all, a lot of this is based on behavior, but this does have a theological impulse to it, and some of it is, as I say, from within the church or or distortions of things within the church. But a, a lot, the theological impulse is, like, if you're not on the right team or if you're not mm. good, if you're not, then you'll be beaten, destroyed, you know, tortured, killed, um, taken from your family, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm conflating a couple of ones, Manda, when you were talking about the Perukti one or whatever. Yeah, you. The, 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 the horse one, head one was so a different one. So that's the goosefoot one, mm-hmm. who goes and disembowels children. Children, naughty children. Yeah, some of these there's just slight variations because the the other one is the 1920s um, Marie Lude, which was Welsh. That's the horse head one. Looks like a mm. relative maybe of the. 
mm-hmm. of the Brookty type one. But uh, this is a horse head on a pole, but that is also kind of a, and the Mari Lu dances around the pole and yells at people and demands food and sings and, and screams them. and bites them. Yeah. It sounds like a picture of like, you know, some extreme um, illness or something, right? That My favorite image in the article was the image that they called Santa St. Nicholas with helpers. Um, which was when just when you say favorite, I feel like you might need to give some context. Well, what I mean, that. favorite is like I'm so glad that picture exists because what on earth did people used to do? Like, it looks crazy. It looks as the the author of the article the the rightfully points out it looks has kind of a where the wild things are vibe. Mm-hmm. Like there's these yeah. big scary creatures with like big heads and Santa's in the middle with a couple of like bride looking women on either side of him. But, but I he mean, looks very pap- some of that is like also like, like pope, aesthetic-y of. because I remember like the house that, that we live in is is my, my husband's grandparents' house where we currently are. And there was a Santa that I believe was from like the 1950s that lived in the house for a really long time until his face broke. And then I threw him out because he terrified me. Sounds like me. a great story the way you tell I, it. There was a Santa that lived in the house until his face broke. His face broke. He had a chimney and everything and people were really upset. But I was like, he's broken. <laughs> we have to get rid of him. But he terrified me. I hated him. He looked so So he's kind creepy. of maybe supposed to terrify you. I don't know that that was the case, but there's also sometimes just like that, like, 50s aesthetic. That yeah. It crosses from it s- goes Jolly St. Nicholas to Clown. Mm. Right? It yeah. gets that sort of almost clownish look I didn't look to like it. it. There's one called, um, uh, what is it? Neck, necked, necked Ruprecht, which is a great name. Neck Ruprecht, who is... Also called um, Hans Trapp. So some of these traditions, they take one from like centuries ago, 1600s, 1400s, whatever, and then they resurrect it more in like yeah. 1950s or something. So in the 1950s, this character became known as Hans Trapp. But he would do what Neck Ruprecht hundreds of years earlier, like in the 1400s, used to do. Come down the chimney mm-hmm. uh-huh, and uh, beat children with bags of ashes. We're back to beating children. Yeah. Why is Holy it? crow. You know, in my life experience, children are not the only people... Deserving of beatings? No, I wasn't <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> I say, whose behavior... you going with <laughs> Whose behavior might wish... Like, somebody might be inclined towards doing... I'm like, no, there's a lot of badly behaved adults. I feel like kids get a bit of a rough... No kidding. So, yeah. before we go to a couple theological points, and I want to advertise <laughs> another podcast that has nothing to do with us, but it's just silly and you should listen to it, um, is uh, before we do that... A little bridge here asking, what about in our own lifetimes, have traditions changed? You know, because mostly these traditions mostly don't exist anymore. There's one called Black Except Pete. in the Bell household. That like should Black not exist Pete anymore. In, uh-uh. in Like that's Dutch. It should That is like so many people try to say, not racist at all. And you're like, it's kind of really seems It racist. seems. And like all kinds be. of different variations of Black Pete and stuff that... Um, and so some of them people try to hang on to, there's like a, but in my, you know, the way there's my family did it wasn't yeah, yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. It was this thing. And, but yet there's lots of change through the years and through time. There's even, and I can think of a few, if you don't come up with it, I'll jump in and say it. There's a few things that have changed just in our lifetimes in terms of this always used to happen and it hap- doesn't happen anymore or it happens differently. Can you think of things that are done differently now than say when you were a kid? Thinking of one particular you had well, uh, I mean, one that like Santa photos. Yeah, have, that's exactly the one I was thinking. Changed. Have you seen any online lately? Well, n- no. Do the kids just stand beside Santa yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah most of them. Either there's a really long bench 
So the kids are like three feet from uh. Santa. And this is or more than just social distancing. Is that a COVID byproduct or is mm. that... No, maybe I we think it's more sitting, sitting on an old lap. man's lap is maybe... Is sitting on an old stranger's lap. Than overdue. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah. both. Does it have to just be one, Amanda? The sad thing about it's that is binary. the best pictures are the ones where the kids are absolutely terrified. My cousin just put up one where are he they? had triplets. You're just He's like, strike three. I, I, just keep going. <laughs> he had triplets and he, said, he posted a picture today with, with with all three of his kids sitting this on Santa's lap. And they are just freaking out. We also have a picture of my son sitting on Santa's lap. Santa was Papa. Santa was my dad. And you didn't like and him? Your dad we, is we, terrifying. It, it's true. <laughs> Papa Bob. And... and my son knew him, obviously. He lived in the same house, and yet dressed up in the red with the beard, uh, just freaked out. And it's one of my all-time favorite pictures of my son. So, I'm What just does your son think about that? I don't know. I, he only, who cares? He, only, he only rolls his eyes and grunts at me at this point, so who knows? I just, uh, as an episode of what is Cupboard Master Mr. Ken. Ken We're learning a lot that we For our dear know. listeners. Yes. <laughs> our friend Ken, who, by the way, is, you know, shirt off your back. He would do. Not that but, shirt. Um, but he shouldn't. Like, he, don't he, take your shirt off, he Ken. W- Stop, Ken. Um, <laughs> he, really nice guy, selfless guy. The kind of guy who not only would, but does dress up as Santa Claus for like, they used to call them old age homes or something. Yeah. For Long-term, Long-term care for Santa. Long-term care. Ken would dress up as, I think now you might be looking for a Krampus costume. Oh, that would be fun. No. What sort of yeah. effect do you feel like that might have on people with like compromised health some conditions? Of them are, some of them would go it like, may oh, speed them along to heaven. This would be like, oh, is this that reminds the me. Desired intent, Ken? No, it would be. I'm this very reminds concerned. me of back home in the old when country. I used to get terrified in the old country. This yeah, is so actually, wonderful. it could be. A, it could trigger some positive emotional memory. Maybe you could do a happy Krampus. Yeah, because I don't know if that's the thing. Yet. I should. I should suggest that to management. So there have been some changes. I would like it if you did that and then reported back on how that conversation Next went. Next year. Please. Okay, Thank I will. you. So I want to make a theological point in our Christmas episode. Sure. You can see it. It's obvious. Um, you know. This is not just a Christmas thing that, why did we used to do that? Like shock of the old. But one of the things that we talk about on Rector's Cupboard um, in various forms is the concept that some conceptions of Christianity are what we would call like primitive that they, that they still trade on these old things of basically we're just going to terrify people. And the concept of saying, if you don't mm-hmm. believe properly, mm-hmm. if you haven't accepted this thing, then you will be either at worst, I would suppose, eternally tortured or at best. Temporarily tortured? Yeah, I guess, or something. Um, is, is really, as I see it, a form of these kinds of things. It's, the, it's, what, makes the, it's what gives these things their existence. The only question is, which, which had the most informing effect on the other? Was it these traditions that sort of helped reinforce the, the, the Christian theology, or did Christian theology really help develop the, the depth and the, the, um, the depth of these, these stories of saying, yeah, we're going to... You, you, the only if way to drive you towards the good... Yeah is to terrify yeah. you, to threaten scare you, you into threaten it, to you. threaten you with fear, with damnation, with torture, with hell, then you will turn to the good. Yeah. Stick, not carrot. Yeah. Or you're just so irredeemable that there's no hope of that. So we will so disavow you. So then you'll be you. a lesson to the other kids or the other non-believers mm-hmm. or the other. I was watching some show a few minutes of 
a couple weeks ago in my recovery from in incident recently. Um, and it was, it's called Mrs. Davis. It's like a HBO thing or, a, you know, somewhere. And it, it has to do with this like nun character who's battling AI. Mm. It's all kind of interesting. And, um, but the very opening scene of it is burning heretics at the stake in like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago in France. And, and this is fairly accurate. People would come out and watch this. And it is... There was less public entertainment in those days. It is officers of the church who are saying, this is what happens yeah. to you if you believe improperly. Mm -hmm. and, and if certainly if you speak about that in a way that could negatively influence others. And this is all related to that. And many of our listeners have come out of church traditions that that is the roots of, of the well, tradition is if you don't believe just properly, then it is damnation yeah. for you. Most, most evangelical traditions would have roots that trace back through Calvin, who I think wrestled with trying to figure this, if I could be the most charitable, I think I could probably be would be like struggling to to try to figure these things out and landed, I think, in a very unfortunate place that was very much the root of lots of more evangelical than mainline. But a lot of evangelical churches have their roots that go back to Calvin, who literally was like, incorrect understanding is an issue of salvation. It's not even just sinful. It's actually a matter of salvation. And what then the natural outcome from that is, is you can't tolerate difference. And so whatever it takes to weed out bad behavior, weed out anything like that, that's always worth the cost because you're saving people from eternal damnation. Like yeah. there very much is this, the ends justify whatever means you need because you're literally pulling people out of the flames. So we're, we're all familiar here around the table with this um, group that's online often has called um, Raising Children Unfundamentalist, I think it's called, um, that like Cindy Brandt or something. So you guys have seen these posts before that, and there's lots of conversation about about parenting and different things. And, and I saw two today. One was an image of a children's Bible, and the, and the inside leaf of the front cover, it had, let's say Cindy or whatever, um, July something, 1987 or something. Little Cindy accepted Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad mm -hmm. are so proud. We led her to the Lord. 9.30 p.m. said. And then she, the posting was, she would put an image of this online. And the posting was, I remember that night. It was the most terrifying night of my life. My parents told me that I would go to hell. I was three and a half. Yeah, so what's oh. the choice there? And she says, so when I see that now, she said, obviously for them, I think she was trying to be sympathetic to them or charitable, I should say. She said, obviously for them, this is an entirely different memory. For me, it's terror. And well, it's I've lived now. much of my life trying to move away from that. Mm -hmm. And for them, it was relief. Our daughter's going to be safe. Our yeah. daughter's going to be saved. Well, that, was, that would have been like considered the other thing like a parenting win. Perhaps a bit of self-congratulation. The other thing you that know, somebody our, had posted... Our three-year-old, look at how far they've come. Yeah. The other thing that somebody had posted was from a little earlier, I think the 1960s or something, maybe 70s, and it was a little card that I guess they were handing out at some revival service or church service or something that said, if I die tonight, my soul will be, well, I'll put an image of this in the notes, if I die tonight, my soul will be in, and then it had H blank, right? So I Oh, those are some great... And then it said, if you want to make sure, you know, then... And so I started thinking of where would you be in eight, like you, oh, maybe Houston. How about Hawaii? Hawaii. I'd like that to be in bad. Hawaii. I think they meant either heaven or hell, though. Probably. 
And that's again that Hawaii terror so bad. thing. That Havana? Havana. I like Cuba. You do like Cuba. I do. The the um it's it's back though to this, and I've said it a few times. We we then put this on Santa, or you said which one comes first? We don't know. Some of these some of these things actually pagan pre Christian thinking. Well, yeah, it's not just it's certainly not certainly just it was Christianity. Embraced by huge. No, no, I think I mean, one influenced the other, and it's probably entirely well, dependent on region which one. Was I don't know more how you tease those out. I think they're so intertwined. Historians probably can get yeah, to the roots of them. I'm not enough of a historian. No. But there certainly was like influence on both sides. I, I think say. so. Yeah. And one of the things we say often are theological kind of, uh, you know, someone who influences a lot of our theological thought, Karl Barth said that the gospel cannot be presented at gunpoint. In other words, he, he said the gospel is something so good, positive, effective, love, that as soon as you present it at gunpoint, it's not the gospel anymore. It's something different. Um, and so this isn't to get into arguments with people about like, salvation, heaven, hell. It's a, What does this kind of threat do to the nature of any kind of message about the love of God? It can't, in our thinking at least, communicate the love of God in any kind of positive way. The terror is what, for these children in these Christmas and winter characters, obviously the terror is what remains and lasts. Um, or the separation. If you're a good kid, then you know that there's bad kids. If you're a really good kid, I would imagine you care for the bad kids too. And so then you're torn, and I know people like this in my life, then you're torn of like, well, I don't want to be good if it means that they're damned. That's an amazingly sympathetic impulse that there's no room in this kind of thinking either, right? So there's a fun podcast that I came across very recently. And now to something a little lighter. Well, because it, it's interesting how we can address these kinds of themes even in humorous ways. And I saw a recent example of this it's called um the grinch holiday podcast and they must be licensed as you said i would i would assume they use so grinch music they use dr oh, seuss stuff yeah the they, design the is colors the everything it's james austin johnson who plays donald trump on saturday night live currently um doesn't look like trump at all and they don't try no. to make him look like trump but if you close your eyes it's crazy <laughs> right? Um, there's a bit of that Trump character coming out in The Grinch. So he I think plays, it might just be his voice a bit. He pl- and he, sometimes he, he plays, and, and the kind of grumpy kind <gasps> Does of... Does that mean that there's like, is there like an analogy there between there's hope? Oh, what if his heart grows three sizes? Three sizes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So it's a question. James Austin Johnson plays um, The Grinch, and then there's there's guests. So like Megan trainer has been on there, Bob Odenkirk, Patton Oswalt. Seth Meyers. Chloe Bailey, Seth Meyers. And I only listened to a couple of episodes, but they all follow the same arc, which is he starts off with a rant about how terrible Christmas is and the who's and whatever. Um, and then... Uh, then has some other thing, like usually a product that isn't an actual thing that they're advertising, and then the guest. And then what happens is the guest is talking about Christmas and the Grinch is talking about how much he hates this and that and the other thing. And there's kind of like a camaraderie between them as, as you know, as celebrities and stuff. It's quite funny. Um, but then the way that the thing arcs is each episode contains the threat, which will, which will be the Grinch. the Grinch's heart is... What if it grows three sizes? So, for example, Seth Meyers in his episode is talking about a Christmas tradition they have where his whole family puts on the same pajamas. You've seen these kinds of images with families. The same pajama print and the whole family, and they get a picture. And the Grinch is all of a sudden touched by this and starts going, oh, no, oh, no. And he's like, you know, hollering and screaming. (laughs) And and you can tell what's happening is his heart is growing three sizes, right? And then he tries to snap back to the... But what they're playing on are all these kinds of images of 
who's acceptable, unacceptable, terrible, who's grumpy and mean and kind of outside the, the con. So like even the Grinch, like that story is that even the Grinch, or I would suppose it's a variation of like Christmas Carol to some degree, right? There is redemption even for the bad one, which is quite different then it sounds very George McDonald-y. Yeah, it does sound George. Uh, yeah, maybe it that's does. where Pete Holmes is on there, and he can he can delve into some theological things. So maybe uh, maybe that's the theological principle behind the Grinch Holiday I podcast is um, is George McDonald the theologian? <laughs> so who would have guessed? So worth listening to. I I I was uh, reminded as you're talking about uh, there's a song by the Killers that came out a few years ago called Joel, Joel, Joel the, the Lump of, of Coal. Yeah. So good. And and, and there was a the good concept, video. if you don't know it, is is basically a coal, a piece of coal thinks it's going to be this awesome Christmas gift for a kid and Santa mocks the coal. No, you're the punishment for naughty children. And at the end of the song, uh, a little boy has gotten this lump of coal and he starts to cry. And 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 But he says, it's true I've been a naughty boy and maybe that's a sin. If this is how Santa treats the kids, I'm just glad that I'm not him. Joel, Joel, the lump of coal, knew what he must do. He said, I know the reason I, I got sent to you. Because when a person hurts inside, it turns him hard and cruel. But I know how to make your pain into a precious jewel. So take me in your hand, young man, and squeeze with all your might. Let's turn your pain and anger into something that shines bright. Then Joel, Joel, the lump of coal, he gave his life away so that one good, naughty little boy found a diamond on Christmas Day. And I Very just, interesting. I just love the image of that as a way of taking these all these stories about the torture of, and the punishment and the coal and the sticks and the disemboweling for naughty people, for bad behavior for these children. And this thing that was actually supposed to be a punishment, the coal, there's beauty inside of that. Yeah, that, there's some that great narrative there's, inversion. There's redemption that happens in that. So kind of like the story of the, the Grinch or mm-hmm. uh, Scrooge in A Christmas Carol or... Um, uh, George in It's a Wonderful mm-hmm. Life, those stories of redemption, I think that's really at the heart of Christmas, is it's not about punishment. It's about the redemption that comes because of love. So for us as a podcast and kind of the work we do with Rector's Cupboard and our large organization, Reflector Project, it's not to try to you know pull people away from their church community or something. We, we don't mind pulling people away from theology of terror, though. And I think we could maybe say It is a question yes to, to say, if yeah. you would examine the kind of people, I'm not thinking of individual people, but like the kind of voices that you've listened to or that have influenced on you, if the message has been, in terms of Christian faith, believe or else, believe or else, then that's probably something less than a fulsome gospel. Uh, at Christmas, and of course, scripture, you think of like Linus reading there on the stage with his blanket, um, and there were shepherds keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. But then the angel, of course, says so often in all these encounters, like, don't fear. But an angel of the Lord appeared to them, said, uh, you know, there's this child going to be born. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. It is the opposite of these kinds of images of terror that so many have grown up with it's one thing when it's a when it's a winter tradition image 
it's another when you're saying that is what God is like. It is, as Thomas Merton would say, it's actually the theology of the devil, turning God into a tyrant who's going to get you if you don't get it just right. Uh, It's the opposite of good news, of great joy for all people. So it's a tough Christmas for many people. We've had a few in a row, maybe. Um, Well, I think this season can can be tough always for some people. Yeah, and I feel like there's there's people who I think in recent years there's there's been a lot of collective cultural trauma. There's been like pandemic, all those sorts of things. But there are people for whom Christmas has always been hard. Yeah. Which is, like, you kind of always get that tension. Like, Christmas has generally been good in my house. There's always a lot of things. I always get stressed about yeah, stuff. Busy. But yeah. But it's been good. Um, but I know that particularly, you know, if people, if this is, like, their first year without, you know, a loved one. Mm-hmm. Or I know that, like, my grandfather died on Christmas Eve, which makes Christmas hard for, like, my mom. I remember. Yeah. So, like, there are ways in which, like, well, and I think it's like kind of the beautiful thing about humanity that we can hold tension, that we can hold these kind of conflicting and competing emotions and and still go like, this may be painful, but there are still places that have joy. There are still places that have beauty. And even if I'm struggling, like there there still is there still is places to have hope in that. And that's our hope for you as listeners, for each of us. And it's not all darkness, there's a lot of light, but it is often in the darkness that we can hear the good news of great joy for all people. And so our prayer, and it is a prayer, it's a hope, it's also a prayer that you would hear good news of great joy for all people, including you, Um, even if it's in listening to a silly podcast um, or being with a bunch of people who celebrate Christmas improperly not religiously enough or something that's good news of great joy for all people or if you get yourself a log that you beat with sticks or and a shit shits out, shits out <laughs> candy for you so merry christmas merry, merry christmas. christmas merry christmas thanks for the what is yes. it it's blueberry not a hot tea. toddy blueberry, blueberry tea. tea no we had a hot toddy before yes Rector's Cupboard is a production of Reflector Project and is hosted and produced by Todd Weeb, Allison Williams, and Amanda Mina. Our cupboard master is Ken Bell. Rector's Cupboard is made possible by the generous support of donors. Check out rectorscupboard.ca for past episodes, events, and how you can help fund the podcast. You can also support Rector's Cupboard by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, which helps other people find us. Thanks for listening. Thank you.